I had a patient come in. She has her mouth closed down because she doesn't want to show her teeth. And it made her look like she was ticked off. But in reality, she is the sweetest person. And I told her, you know what? I know it's unfair, but people pass judgment on you before they even got to talk to you, get to know you. I want to help you. I want to help you so that when people come up to you, they realize that you're this pleasant person. And they don't pass judgment on you anymore. And literally that is before I even talked about tea, talked about procedure. I figured out what was important to her and I sold a huge case for her. And she was gladly, she was willing to pay for that because I understood that. That's the biggest problem in healthcare sometimes that you really have to kind of unpeel everything and get to the emotional aspect. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of the None of Your Business podcast. You know, we come at you every single week in an effort to inspire you as a service provider to fall in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur. You know, the best providers in the world, no matter what it is that you do, we honestly believe that they live in obscurity simply because they do not embrace the ideas of marketing and sales, frankly, just being a business person. You know, having all of the skill in the world will do nothing to change the world if you do not share your talents with the people that you were meant to serve. And today we have a very special guest that is making a huge impact in a specific niche not even a niche, it's a no, whole profession. Profession. <laughs> but we're going to be speaking today with Dr. Glenn Vo. Um, super well known and making a giant impact amongst dentists who surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, also have to deal with a lot of the same things. I mean, you go to school, you go to, to study dentistry because you want to make a difference, you want to make an impact. You graduate, and while yes, there is a little bit more structure there. A lot of dentists still find themselves in business for themselves, mm -hmm. having to not only provide the service, but also having to learn marketing, sales, finance, money, money mindset, all of the same things that all of our viewers and listeners deal with. So we thought, well, we should just get the man himself <laughs> and bring him on the podcast and have him speak to us and tell us what's going on and see what's going on right. in the world of dentistry and then talk about how we can apply that regardless of what service profession that we are in. So without further ado, let's welcome in Dr. Glenn Vo. Thanks for being on the None of Your Business podcast with us. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. I am super excited. And you know what? You know how excited I am? I am actually on vacation. I said, you know what? I'm so pumped up about this. I want to just walk off the beach, get on here and you know, mastermind with you guys. Well, that's a great thing too. I mean, being on vacation, first of all, signifies that you have been able, you have figured out how to free yourself from the golden handcuffs of being in practice. You know, a lot of practitioners, they can't go on vacation, right? Because 
you're on vacation, you're sitting there, you're trying to enjoy to the best of your ability, you're walking on the beach, you've got your pina colada, and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, how much money am I not making? Am I potentially losing? Because I'm not yeah. in the office. How did you do that? Oh, man, you know what? Here's the thing. Why did we, why did we work so hard in school? You know, why did we, you know, obviously we want to help people, but here's the thing. In order to help people, you got to help yourself, right? And if you're in the office grinding all day and, and you're burnt out and you don't have any breaks and, and what, what's, how are you going to be able to take care of your patients when you're burnt out, right? How are you going to be able to lead your team? And so what I've talked to doctors is here's the thing, okay? Yes, you want to grind all day, but you got to put systems together, right? And also you got to carve out time to work on your practice instead of in your practice that's the first thing that people when they ask me they're like hey dr vo how did you create a practice where you can step away go on vacation and i told them the first thing you got to do is this okay you're not just a clinical practitioner you're a business owner now so you got to work on your business instead of in your business all the time so that's the first thing i tell people is that you got to get that mindset going yeah, I, I think that's so important. And we we absolutely believe that, you know, people in the service industry, they go in and they learn their craft and they learn how to be really good at what they do and they don't learn anything about business. And so it's not that they don't want to do it. It's just they've never even been taught how. Do you see that same thing in dentistry? Is that like not even talked about how to run the actual business? Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, dentistry is, is one profession, and I'm sure it's very similar to all the other health professions, is that, you know, you go through there, you learn how to be a doctor, right? And then it's assumed that once you're done, you go open a practice. Now, I will be uh, very upfront with all the listeners out there. Some people, some people, they shouldn't be practice owners, right? That's not a knock against some people, right? It's not a knock. But here's the thing. If you want to be a practice owner, you got to actually put the time in to learn how to run a business. You spent all that time becoming a dentist, becoming a chiropractor. How much time did you really spend in dental school, in chiropractic school, learning business? Probably maybe five hours, maybe 10 hours, maybe one course. And then they throw you out there and they say, okay, now open your own practice, right? That's why so many people are burned out. That's why so many practices fail. It's because, well, you spent all your time learning. Think about it. You wouldn't go and learn how to be a doctor uh, in one class, right? No, that's, that's, that's ludicrous, right? Well, it's the same thing with business, right? And so, you know, you got to make up, you got to get that knowledge somewhere, right? And so you either get that knowledge on your own from peers or actually coaching programs. But at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge that you need extra help. You need extra training. Yeah, I love that. And actually, that's really interesting what you said, that not every individual should be a practice owner. And um, I know that you work with lots of dentists and you help them you know, launch their practices and build their practices. Is there any qualities that you see that a person should have or that the successful practice owners have um, when opening their own practice? Well, you know, I'm actually going to put Sean on the spot. <laughs> because he has this quote that I love, right? And that is, you know, if you are doing everything right, right, that you should have everything, you know, but if it was intuitive, right? Sometimes you have to go counterintuitive. I butchered that, Sean, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we knew where but, you were going. But, but I got the concept, right? That is my, 
my favorite Sean quote there. And that's the thing, right? It's all about the mindset. I mean, if you just maybe you got out of school and you weren't really good business person, maybe you didn't understand, but you were willing to have an open mind. You were willing to find coaches. You were willing to join different programs to become better. That is the first step. Not everyone is just, you know, there's some people who are very talented. They're just born leaders. Maybe they're born natural athletes. But most people, they have to work there. You had to work hard to become a doctor. Becoming a good business owner, becoming a good marketer is the same thing. You got to put the time in. But there's shortcuts. And I love shortcuts, right? And the thing is, is you just got to make sure you hook up with the right mentors, the right programs, right? To take those shortcuts. All right, let's jump. Um, we, so we got a little bit ahead of ourselves here. Um, <laughs> give us give us a little bit of your background. Um, and, and then I have a series of questions. But how did you end up here in Destin <laughs> on the None of Your Business podcast <laughs> talking to us and leading all of these other providers? How did you how did you end up in this in this spot? Yeah, you know what's funny is that um, you know when I when I got out of dental school, I was like every other dentist, I want to open a practice um, and uh, and just live the dream, right? And so I was going through uh, going through the the grind there, open a successful practice, and you know I always wanted to get better. So I had the mindset like I want to get better not only clinically but also as a business person. I was working with a coach; she was working with me to help the culture of my practice. And we were done; we were finishing up, and she looked at me and she said, "Glenn, what's next?" I said, what do you mean? What's next? She's like, what's next? I was like, I'm just going to keep working and, you know, save for retirement and then just, uh, you know, retire. She's like, no, I feel like you have more potential to do what you're doing. And I said, oh, OK. And I started thinking about it. And what I realized is there's so many dental professionals out there that, you know, they didn't understand business concepts. They didn't understand the, the concept of keeping your overhead, keeping things lean and mean so that you can put more money in your pocket. And so then I created a like a Facebook group so that we, we can mastermind. Well, that Facebook group has turned into 29,000 dental professionals, us all working together to help grow our practices. Because at the end of the day, when you, when you hang up your shingle and you're working as a, a clinician, you're kind of by yourself. Right. Once you leave school, you kind of by yourself. And so what better way to bring people together than through social media? So then that's where Nifty Thrifty Dentist was was uh, was created. But through this networking, networking with other dental professionals, networking with other health professionals. I met you, Sean. Right. You impacted my life tremendously. Just the short conversation we had, you and Lacey. And so it just pushed me to 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 push myself further right so i always go back to the mindset that is the biggest thing two 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 things two takeaways from my story here your mindset right that's the most important thing have an open mind you don't know everything seek out mentors uh seek out other people that inspire you and push yourself and number two sometimes you got to invest in that don't let that don't let the fact that you have to invest to make yourself better be the roadblock from you becoming better. And that is the biggest thing. Seek out mentors and be willing to invest in them. And Glenn, you said that you birthed this thing called Nifty Thrifty, right? For dentists. Can you tell us and expand a little bit more about that concept? Yeah. Nifty Thrifty Dentist. I love it. Yes, Nifty Thrifty Dentist. So here's the thing. Uh, I always always like to get hooked up, right? I mean, it's an Asian thing, right? I I like to get hooked up. I like a good deal, right? Absolutely. And so, 
And so what ended up happening was, is whenever I went to trade shows and whatnot, I, I, I talked to the, the reps. I said, hey, look, uh, you know, maybe we can work out something, right? And they're like, fine, fine. Yeah, we'll do it. But what I realized is a lot of dentists, they just, you know, they, they buy a product and that's that, right? Well, I realized if I can get a bunch of us together, if I can get 29,000 dental professionals together, I think I can hook everybody up. And so Nifty Thrifty Dentists, what I do is basically I bring dental companies and dentists and I connect them, right? I connect them and I connect them by the deal. Right. So everyone gets hooked up. But what's cool about the community is that we help each other kind of save money and whatnot. I recently had a uh, online summit. Uh, we had like over 15,000 views on the summit. But I brought like the best and brightest together in my group to do all these presentations. So at the end of the day, Nifty Thrifty Dentists is my give back to the dental community. I help them, uh, all these dentists save money, but I also bring all these amazing people in there to, to, to change their mindset business model absolutely i know i was thinking I, how if, can we do that <laughs> no well i mean we don't want to do that I if i were jay abraham i would say man there should be nifty nifty thrifty chiropractor and nifty thrifty cosmetic surgeon yeah. and nifty i mean you, nifty, you should thrifty start massage therapist. bounce into these other verticals i can see that coming on the horizon Twenty-seven thousand. Some of these providers probably cross over even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny that you brought that up because uh, so many people have reached out to me. They're like, well, can you help me create a community like this? Can you help me, you know, create this passive? It's, it's, it's relatively passive income. So I, I'll be full disclosure. I do monetize the group mm -hmm. because here's the thing. When you monetize something. You're able to reinvest back into it and make it even better, right? We're doing, we're bringing different speakers on, we're getting different deals on, and so uh, it's funny that you brought that up because I'm actually going to be working with people who want to make an impact, want to make an impact in their industry, right? Want to be able to give back to their industry, but also to grow their brand as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because that is actually on the horizon. So you are still in practice, though. I am. I am in Texas, in Texas. Yes. So in your experience, so you're there um, in practice, your wife as well, correct? Yes. Yes. So we have two points of view. You have 27,000 other dentists that are all going through the, 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 the process of a business. What are the biggest challenges that you're picking up that the dental industry or the, or the, uh, the practicing dentist is facing today? And then especially, how has the pandemic amplified or changed those challenges? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with that question because, you know, when, when the pandemic happened, we all had to, to change things up, right? I like to use the uh, restaurant industry as an example. When the pandemic happened, you couldn't eat inside. You can only get food to go. In California, you had to literally eat outside in tents and whatnot. I visited my sister. We ate at a really nice sushi restaurant, and we had to eat out in a tent. Now, I'm not putting that down, but what that restaurant did is they, they're like, look, we, we only have so much space in the patio. We had to pivot. So they put up this tent, and they put these fans there, and so they literally ran their dining room out in the parking lot. In Texas, what the restaurants that really did well was they shifted to a curbside pickup. You order your food online, 
You pay for it online. The restaurant gets the revenue. They say pull up into space number 20. They they put all their spaces, they put numbers on every single space, and you drive in there, they bring the food out. It got so popular that now in Texas, even though you can still eat inside, now you can eat inside now, they still have that curbside because it was so popular. What did we do in dentistry? The practices that did really well, they shifted to, well, you know, a waiting room that was virtual. So in Texas, you can only have so many people in your practice. Well, you couldn't use your waiting reception room anymore. So what we did, what my practice did was, look, Mrs. Jones, when you pull up, just wait in your car. We will text message you when it's time for you to come up. In fact, whatever payment that is due uh, for the service, we'll go ahead and send you a link and you go ahead and pay for it online. So when you come up, you'll be walking straight into op number three operatory number three and number four whatever she walks up walks straight in the room my staff takes her right in there i walk in we start seeing the patient now where that's helped us out is patients they're really scared right they're worried about what's going on in the world they see that we are taking these extra precautions they see that all they have to do is walk straight in the room they see me and they walk straight out they don't have to talk to anyone else that has been tremendous. The practices that have adopted things like that have done well. The practices that haven't done well, well, because they haven't educated their patients, their patients are scared to come in. They don't have the technology, they invest in the technology to do these things, they're struggling. So that's what we did in dentistry is really make that pivot. Yeah, that is a great concept. And I know a lot of chiropractors also utilize that same kind of process with their patients as well, having them text when they were there so that the waiting rooms weren't full. You could still maintain social distancing. And I think that's so important. And I know that probably in your group, you were able to share those things and help a lot of other dentists become successful and then maintain their business throughout this pandemic. So is there anything else though, like normally um, outside of a time of crisis, that you see um, in dentistry that people face and, and that they're not without a group like yours, that it's very difficult for them to overcome or they have a lot of uh, trouble with? Well, you know, and I'm sure you guys have this in your own groups, this issue. And that is, you know, clo you know closing the cases or treatment plan acceptance. That's always mm -hmm. a big, thing, right? In dentistry, it's really difficult because let's be honest, guys, who wakes up in the morning and they get hyped up about going to the dentist. Nobody. I mean, right? I like the dentist. <laughs> I do. I'm one of those weird people. What about you, Sean? <laughs> what about you? No, I, I don't get hyped up. Uh, okay. I, I like getting my teeth cleaned. It feels so good. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And so, you know, what's funny is like when that whole experience, we try to create a, a spa-like experience. We have monitors up on the ceiling. We have special headphones that they can put on. Um, we make things very comfortable. We have weighted blankets. We have scented candles. We do all these things because a lot of people, they do like to get their teeth clean. We turn it into a spa-like experience. So here's the thing. Uh, the reason why I brought up just do people like going to the dentist? Because here's the thing. When you are trying to sell treatment, you're trying to sell something that people don't like, right? People also don't like going to see their healthcare practitioner, okay? You know, getting, getting vaccinations, doing different treatment. That doesn't make them hyped up. What does make them happy is things like food and things like comfort, right? And so what we do is we try to make this whole experience as comfortable as possible. 
We put the, the, the TVs on the ceilings. We have the technology. We have all the different apps for you to, to use when, when you come in. Um, we have all different types of music. And so for most dental practitioners, they have to understand that you have to create something. You have to make something that normally is not an appealing type of service something that is appealing that is present because what happens is, is they'll the patient will come in and they'll compare my practice with the the last dentist they went to they're like man the last guy I went to man he the place smelled there was uh, you know i was nervous he was staring at me the whole time i had nothing to keep my eyes focused on it was uncomfortable but if you invest in making things more pleasant then you can turn a negative into a positive What is the experience like for the individual that's coming into your business? And I think so many times practitioners don't like do an audit of it enough or revisit enough because they only see it through the eyes of them working behind the chair, right? It's so important for you to sometimes act like a patient or act like a client and go through the process to make sure that people are getting that exceptional feeling like you were talking about. And I, I know maybe one of the reasons I like going to the dentist is because my, my dentist does the same thing. I get the music and the nice smells and I can watch TV. So it is kind of a pleasant experience. But one of the things that is interesting, you know, our good friend, Jack Borla talks about how he has this monthly ritual tool where he goes through yeah. and looks at his office through the eyes of a client. Right. Well, I was just thinking, man, if you were a dentist, like reliving that as Glenn speaking, like how many times were you looking up at the ceiling right. and like the ceiling oh, yeah. tile screwed up or, you know, watermark, yeah, a little or... watermark up there. And like the dentist, I'm sure never looks at it that way is looking up, but, yep. the, but the clients are always looking up. And so, yeah, how important is it to see things through the eyes of your client? Now you you were transparent enough, and I got to say, first of all, if you're running nifty, thrifty dentists and you're brokering deals for 27,000 people and they're saving tons of money, well, of course you should be making money on right. that. And I appreciate the transparency, but I would think it would be actually kind of silly if you weren't, but let's make yeah. you be a little more transparent. Sure. Um, this is something that every profession, I know because we deal with a lot of different people in different industries and they think that their profession is unique. Right. <laughs> so the question is, inside the world of dentistry, are there different factions that disagree either with treatment protocols, business philosophies, et cetera, et cetera? Is it a fractionated industry or do all dentists just universally agree on marketing, sales, <laughs> fees, et cetera? <laughs> Um, you know, it's so funny because, uh, Sean, like I said, I've been following you for quite some time and I've been watching some of your posts. And when I see it, I kind of laugh to myself. It's like, man, the same thing happens in dentistry, you know? And I will say this about my group here is that my goal, my goal when I was creating my group, one of my goals is to obviously help my dental uh, fellow dentists to get hooked up with these great deals. But I also wanted to change the way business was done in dentistry. What I mean by that is... Um, most of these companies, most of these reps, they go in there and they, they sponsor a speaker or they have a trade show booth or whatnot and they pay a fee, right? What I wanted to do is I wanted to show them that I can use a Facebook group and help grow their business. In fact, I was going to show them that I can not only do that, but also I can make money doing that. Now, in the beginning, when I was doing that, the haters, there's always some haters out there. They're like, well, hey, um, 
hey, you're making some money off of that. And I tell them, I sure do. I hope you make money whenever you do any, do any of your dental work. If you're not making money, then there's some issue there. And so they would say, well, how can you push these things? And I tell them, look, at the end of the day, I'm hooking you up with a deal. You can take that deal or you don't have to take that deal. Most of the people that were upset with me is because they had buying groups where you had to pay a membership to join. And then you can get the deals. I just cut that out and just say, hey, look, look, guys, we have deals in here. The companies loved it because they only paid me for new leads or new customers. Now, eventually, once your following grows, you want to do sponsorships and whatnot. That's a whole nother conversation there. But to answer your question, whenever there's something new in any industry, there's always going to be haters. But if you have an open mind, you can use that information you can use that experience that someone else did and grow your own business there so case in point in dentistry they didn't like using uh, you know social media to post like different cases and whatnot sometimes we do these makeovers where we record the patient just in tears because they have a new smile some of the old school people they're like you know what you're taking advantage of these people some of these people would say oh my look at this guy he's just you know he's so cocky he's doing all these things but what they don't realize is when we do this and we create a viral moment, it helps the entire industry. You may not be the type of person who likes to do these TikTok videos and whatnot, but you know what? When someone watches those videos, it motivates them to go see the dentist and it helps everyone out. And so at the end of the day, that's what I say. But yeah, there's always, there's always going to be those haters out there that just look down and, and our industry is, is no different. <laughs> haters everywhere so, so haters everywhere inside absolutely. of that well i agree with this concept of of showing the before and afters um but are there what's the limit on social media are there dentists that are showing like you know maybe they're working on a client and they're showing like how you grind down the tooth before you put a crown on which is always a big question of mine. I'll come back to that. But like, is there like, are they even graphic with their social media or is it just simply like a before and after and that's Story. enough to incite somebody? You know what? It's, um, that is one issue that uh, I talk about all the time. We have some other really amazing coaches out in dentistry that, that uh, really coach people how to use social media to grow their practice. And it goes back to the kind of self-auditing, what you were talking about, looking at things through the eyes of the patient. Most dental websites, most dental social media, it, they put these pictures up. They do all these different things. They're like, hey, look at this. Uh, look at my new room. I have this new equipment here. It actually appeals to other dentists. We see it. We're like, oh, my gosh, look at that technique. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. But to patients, they don't care. They don't care about that machine. But what they do care about is when someone comes up and they start off with just a, a mouth that's a train wreck, right? And they come in, they look a certain way, and then they're interested in what happens afterwards when they get this new set of teeth. And that person becomes someone who is unrecognizable. They look like an entire different person. And for me, whenever patients come in, this is what I coach a lot of my clients. I tell them this. What you need to do is you need to figure out what's important to the patient. Yeah, I know they need all these different things, but what's important to them? Sometimes what's important to them is, you know what? I want to be able to talk and smile again. I had a patient come in and she came in and she looked like she was pissed off, right? And I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, another normal patient, they're mad, they're one with you at the dentist. 
but she was the sweetest lady ever. She was so pleasant. And I told her, you know what? The reason why a lot of, I asked her, do, do a lot of people, do they, do they get surprised when they talk to you? And they're like, yeah, they, they think that I'm, I'm always have this attitude. But when they talk to me, they realize I'm a sweet person. And I asked her, I was like, Cheryl, do you know why they have that initial reaction? She goes, because I look mad. Uh, and I told her, well, do you know why you look mad? It's because I don't want to open my mouth. She has her mouth closed down because she doesn't want to show her teeth. And it made her look like she was ticked off. But in reality, she is the sweetest person. And I told her, you know what? I know it's unfair, but people pass judgment on you before they even got to talk to you, get to know you. I want to help you. I want to help you so that when people come up to you, they realize that you're this pleasant person. And they don't pass judgment on you anymore. And literally, that is, before I even talked about tea, talked about procedure, I figured out what was important to her. And I sold a huge case for her. And she was gladly, she was willing to pay for that because I understood that. Every dentist she went to, they said, well, Mrs. You know, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Cheryl, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this. They did all these technical terms and everything. But in reality, she wanted to be able to smile again. In reality, she wanted to be liked by other people. And that's what that's the biggest problem in healthcare sometimes that you really have to kind of unpeel everything and get to the emotional aspect. A hundred percent. In fact, I'm going to go deeper with you on that inside the Black Diamond Club. So I want to talk about the crowns and the models and how come dentists don't explain that. But a lot of the other healthcare professionals think that it's so necessary. So we're going to dive into that when we switch over into the Black Diamond Club group. I want to make sure two things. Number one, um, how can, if a dentist is listening here on the None of Your Business podcast, how can a dentist find out more about you, get plugged into Nifty Thrifty Dentist? Yes. So um, it's really easy. I mean, we have a, um, uh, a pretty big Facebook group. You just got to type in the Facebook uh, little uh, search and Nifty Thrifty Dentist. Just join it. We have uh, just an amazing community in there uh, with, uh, you know, different perspectives. And, of course, uh, most members who join the group, they pretty much save money all the time. There's a dollar amount that you actually will save and make by just joining my group. We also have a website as well. I have a podcast there, the Nifty Thrifty Dentist Podcast, which we bring dental professionals on. We talk about different deals and discounts. Uh, that's the easiest way. Just jump in, join the community, get involved in the community, ask questions. And um, and I promise you, uh, if you are running a dental practice, if you're looking ways to grow it, you will find it in my group. Awesome. I want to encourage any dentist that's listening, check out niftythriftydentist.com. Check out the Facebook group. Save money. That's like, what a unique thing. Like, this isn't a pitch to give Glenn money. This is a pitch to <laughs> save you money. money. Yeah. Of course, the more money you save, the more money Glenn makes. But that's capitalism. That's how the world works. He's got to right. go out and broker all the deals with right. relation, relational capital, connections that you don't have or may not have. I mean, you can broker it yourself, knock yourself out. But why not just let Glenn take care of all of these elements? I mean, and li literally everything from what, I, what I've seen. I mean, everything that you would possibly need inside of the dental practice like he has it all covered so i don't know why you would be wasting a ton of time you know we always say that right that that poor-minded people they are willing to waste a ton of time in order to save a little money and this isn't even like you saving money this is some weird ego thing like i don't want to you know go to the one one-stop shop i'd rather waste a ton of time trying to create my own deals 
Whereas rich-minded people, they're willing to spend a lot of money in order to save a little time. Well, here is like the extraordinary opportunity where you can save money and save time all at the same time. So, I mean, if you were a dentist, yeah, and I would be, I would be on the lookout for Glenn or a partner of his to start something similar in other verticals. It only makes sense. Hey, Glenn, let's uh, jump over into the Black Diamond Club. I have some questions specifically relative to closing sales, selling care programs. Um, I want to talk to you about what it's like working with your spouse and how you guys juggle that. Um, If you're not yet a member of the Black Diamond Club, please check us out. Go to www.blackdiamondclub.com. Over on the other side, you get all of the extended exclusive content that we do with all of our guests on the podcast. And you get to find out and go deeper, find out the, the real truths, the bombs that they're dropping to help you to grow your business so that you can reach more people, make a bigger impact and create the lifestyle that you deserve. We'll be back again next next week with another brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast.